Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and give my podcast five stars. Also, follow me on all of my social media platforms. The Gratitude Chick for both Instagram and Facebook, Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also, for all of my reading babes, check out the new reading merch on the website, www.bwmmerch.com. everyone and welcome back to your reading corner with the gratitude chick so today we have a new book it is called matt hold on i gotta go out of it (laughs) sorry i'm on my kindle and you know it's it's a long title so you gotta go out it's called maximize your potential through the power of your subconscious mind to create wealth and success by dr joseph murphy um so these chapters are pretty long like really long so what I am going to do is kind of break them up because I don't want to be reading for you know hours um especially since um you know I do give my own commentary in there so this first one um we're going to go with chapter one is called the master key to wealth and I am going to read with my own commentary as you guys know so please bear with me if you don't agree just you know bear with me and it's okay to have your own opinions about things um let's start the master key to wealth the whole world and all its treasures the sea air and earth were here when you were born begin to think of the untold and undiscovered riches all around you waiting for the intelligence that exists to bring them forth Look at wealth as the air you breathe. Get that attitude of mind. Emerson expressed this succinctly when asked by a woman how she could prosper. He took her down to the ocean and said, take a look. She said, oh, there's plenty of water, isn't there? He replied, look at wealth that way and you'll always have it. That's pretty deep. He took her down to the ocean and said, take a look. She said, oh, there's plenty of water, isn't there? He replied, look at wealth that way and you'll always have it. That That is pretty deep. That is a great way to look at it. Like, seriously. I'm sorry, I'm just underlining, <laughs> I'm underlining that. Realize that wealth is like a tide forever flowing out and forever flowing back. Wealth is an idea in your mind and a mental attitude. A sales manager told me that an associate of his sold a million-dollar idea up for expansion to an organization. You can have an idea worth a fortune, too. He also told me there are more millionaires now in the United States than at any time in the history of the country. You can have an idea worth a fortune. Yes, you can. Moreover, you are here to release the splendor within you and surround yourself with luxury, beauty, and the riches of life. Learn that it is necessary to have the right attitude toward money, wealth, food, and clothing. When you really make friends with wealth, you will always have a surplus of it. 
It is normal and natural for you to desire a fuller, richer, happier, and more wonderful life. Look upon money as God's idea, maintaining the economic health of the nations of the world. When money is circulating freely in your life, you are economically healthy. In the same manner as when your blood is circulating freely, your body is healthy. Begin now to see money and its true significance and its role in life as a symbol of exchange. That's all it is. It has taken many forms down through the ages. Money to you should mean freedom from want. Money to you should mean freedom from want. How many of us have have a list of desires that we want? Goals that we want. So money to you should mean freedom from that. That's deep. It should mean beauty, luxury, abundance, security, and refinement. You are entitled to it. Are some people destined or chosen to experience and to enjoy riches of this world while others are destined to suffer hardship and deprivation? In truth, absolutely not. It is a clear statement of the creative power and presence within us. Moment by moment responds to us, producing the conditions and circumstances of our daily lives, responding, creating according to the deeper thoughts of our subconscious mind and the meditations of our heart. Mm. Those who enjoy the true abundance and prosperity of life are those who are aware of the creative power of mind and of thought. True abundance is honest gain. They know the value and the effect of that. And as they continually impress their deeper minds with ideas of spiritual, mental, and material abundance, prosperity, and plenty, they, that deeper mind automatically causes abundance to be objectified in their experience. This is the great and universal law of life, operative and effective in everyone. This has ever been true and always will be. Our deep-seated heartfelt beliefs and options, our awareness and understanding are met as experiences, events, and conditions. They become an objectified experience in accordance with the nature of our ideations. If aware and convinced that we are alive in a generous, intelligent, infinitely productive universe, given and governed by a loving God or a divine or a deity, our conviction will be reflected in our circumstances and activities. Okay. Likewise, if my dominant conviction is I am not worthy of infinite universal wealth, that I'm doomed or fated to remain without wealth is for others, the it will be this conviction that will be reflected in our circumstances and activities. So basically, if your mind is focused on you being aware and convinced that there that you are alive in a generous, intelligent, infinitely producing universe and that you are supposed to experience all of this, this goodness, then... Basically, it will reflect in your circumstances in your life. But likewise, if your dominant conviction, your dominant thoughts say that you are not worthy of the infinite wealth that exists in this world, 
then and it's for others because what we see is that there's a 99% and a 1% and if you believe that you are supposed to be a part of this 1% it will be reflected in your circumstances and activities that is what he's saying these two opposing concepts or beliefs are the primary determinants of whether we are rich in material abundance or poor that that is why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and we often hear people say, you know, every, every time they make a law or a tax rebate for the rich, that this is why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But that is not correct. Your thoughts and your beliefs are the reason why you get poorer. And that's just true. Thoughts of abundance produce abundance. Thoughts of lack produce lack. Literally just said that. I know that to think of abundance and wealth when in a condition of lack requires some doing also i know it can be done in honesty and integrity it requires sustained and continuous belief that it will come to pass the person who practices this disciplined thinking will inevitably achieve wealth the key phrase is disciplined thinking discipline of the mind begins when we are eager willing and yearning for truth it requires requires no more or no less than that we examine and understand our heartfelt beliefs and opinions, ideals, and aspirations. These two are with the realm of possibility. We must renew our mind to think in a new way. Being poor is a mental attitude. You see that? And I always say, tell people to get out of the broke mindset. Being poor is a mental attitude. A young woman, a very good writer who had several articles accepted for publication said to me one time, I don't write for money. I said to her, what's wrong with money? It's true you don't write for money, but labor is worthy of its hire. What you write, okay, what? It's true you don't write for money. See, I don't record this podcast for money either. Like I, well, like I told you before, I listened to Oprah Winfrey and she said, find something that you love to do and, and figure out if you would do it for free. I do this for free because I love to record. So I'm recording, I have recorded hundreds of, well, not hundreds, maybe almost 200 episodes now for free though, for free. I don't get paid to do this, but what he's saying is, but labor is worthy of its hire. So I am worthy to get paid for this because I give good content. I know that I do. So I deserve to be paid for this. What you write inspires. What I, what I talk about inspires. People tell me this. What you write inspires, lifts up, and encourages others. others. When you adopt the right attitude, financial compensation will automatically come to you freely and copiously. However, she actually disliked money and had a subconscious belief that there is a virtue in poverty. I, I, that's not me. This is not me. <laughs> Once she referred to money as filthy lucre, going back, I suppose to the early days where she heard her mother or somebody say that money is evil or the love of money is the root of all evil. All these things without any understanding at all. It's a rank superstition to say money is evil. I explained to her that there was no evil in the universe, that good and evil were in the thoughts and motivations of people. All evil comes from misinterpretations of life and misuse of the law of the mind. In other words, the only evil is ignorance. The only consequence is suffering. 
It would be foolish to pronounce uranium, silver, lead, copper, iron, cobalt, nickel, calcium, or a dollar bill evil. How absurd, grotesque, and stupid that is. The only difference between one metal and another is the number and rate of motions of electrons revolving around the central nucleus. A piece of paper, such as a $100 bill, is innocuous. The only difference between it and copper or lead is that the atoms and molecules with their electrons and protons are arranged differently for the physical evidence of money. The woman realized that her condemnation of money caused it to fly from her instead of to her. She decided she would change her view of money and allow more of it into her life. Here is the simple affirmation she used to increase her wealth. My writings go forth to bless, heal, inspire, elevate, and dignify the minds and hearts of men and women. I am divinely compensated in a wonderful way. I look upon money as divine substance for everything is made from the one spirit. I know matter and spirit are one. Money is constantly circulating in my life and I use it wisely and constructively. Money flows to me freely, joyously, and endlessly. Money is an idea in the mind of God. It is good and very good. One thing about these um, affirmations that he gives, it reminds me of um, when I tell you guys to be clear and concise on what you want. And all of the affirmations he gives are clear and concise. They're not one-liners like, um, uh, I am a money magnet. No. No, no, no. They are well thought out and really about your entire life experience, these affirmations. And that is why I am doing the 52 weeks of affirmations. It is not affirmations that you should, you know, write 33 by 3. No, it's not that. These are affirmations that you want to sink down into your subconscious mind and into your being. And that is why I'm doing this, because we need to learn a new thing, a new type of affirmation. So I'm going to repeat it. My writings go forth to bless, heal, inspire, elevate, and dignify the minds and hearts of men and women. See, the first part she's saying what she wants to happen when people hear or listen or read her writings. I am divinely compensated in a wonderful way. I look upon money as a divine substance for everything is made from the one spirit. I know matter and spirit are one. Money is constantly circulating in my life. And I use it wisely and constructively. Money flows to me freely, joyously, and endlessly. Money is an idea in the mind of God. It is good and very good. I like this. I probably won't use it because I'm not, you know... This is hers, but I like it. That's a wonderful prayer. It eradicates that superstitious nonsense about money being evil and things of that nature, or that there is some virtue in poverty, or that the Lord loves the poor. I mean, he does, but I see what he's saying. All of that is rank superstition. It is frightful ignorance that that's all it is. This young lady's changed attitude towards money has worked wonders in her life. It will work wonders in your life too. She has completely eradicated that strange, superstitious belief that money was filthy lucre. She realized that her silent condemnation of money caused money to fly from her instead of to her. Her income has tripled in three months. 
which was just the beginning of her financial prosperity. Some years ago, I talked with a clergyman who had a very good following. He had an excellent knowledge of the laws of mind and was able to impart this knowledge to others, but he could never make ends meet. He had what he, he, had what he thought was a good alibi for his plight, plight by quoting from the New Testament, for the love of money is the root of all evil, forgetting that later in the same chapter, it points out that God gives riches to people so they can help others. In other words, the minister took the quote about money being the root of all evil out of context, which I literally said. Or, okay, people are enjoying to place their trust or faith in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Love in biblical language is to give your allegiance, loyalty, and faith to the source of all things, which is God or the living spirit or the life principle in you. You are not, therefore, to give your allegiance, loyalty, and trust to created things, but to the creator, the eternal source of everything in the universe, the source of your own breath, the source of your life, the source of the hair on your head, the source of your heartbeat, the source of the sun and the moon and the stars, the source of the world and the earth you walk on. This is correct, which is, I believe, what he meant when he said the love of money is the root of all evil or even the verse that talks about it'll be harder for a rich man to, you know, uh, to get to heaven than to put a, a needle through the eye of a camel or something like that. It has to do with the focus being taken from God and put on the riches that you have. That is what I believe. I believe um, that that was the parable and a lot of things that you, when you read in the New Testament, especially with Jesus's writings, you have to look at the message underlying what he said because most often he spoke in parables if you say all i want is money nothing else that's my god nothing but money matters you can get it of course but you are here to lead a balanced life you must also claim peace harmony beauty guidance love joy wholeness in all phases of your life how can you live without courage faith love goodwill and joy in this world today There is nothing wrong with money, not a thing in the world, but that's not the sole aim in life. To make money the sole aim in life would constitute an error, a wrong choice, a wrong choice. There wouldn't be anything evil in it, but you'd be imbalanced and lopsided. You must express your hidden talents. You must find your true place in life. You must experience the joy of contributing to the growth happiness and success of others we are all here to give give of your talents to the world god gave you everything god gave you himself you have a tremendous debt to pay because you owe everything you have to the infinite therefore you are here to give life and love and truth to your ideals to your dreams and your aspirations wow i don't i think this is really helping me right now you are here to row the boat Put your hands on the wheel and contribute to the success and happiness, not only of your children, but also of the whole world. To accumulate money to the exclusion of everything else causes one to become imbalanced, lopsided, and frustrated. Yes, as you apply the laws of your subconscious in the right way, you can have all the money you want and still have peace of mind, harmony, wholeness, and serenity. You can do a lot 
of good with it. You can use it wisely, judiciously, and constructively like anything in nature. You can use your knowledge, your philosophy in a constructive way, or you can begin to brainwash impressionable minds with communism and all the rest of it. I pointed to the minister, I'm sorry, I pointed out to this minister how he was completely misinterpreting the scripture and pronouncing pieces of paper or metals evil when these were neutral substances for there is nothing good but thinking makes it so he began to see all the good he could do with more money for his wife family and parishioners he changed his attitude and let go of his superstition he began to boldly regularly and systematically claim infinite spirit reveals better ways for me to serve i am inspired and illumined from on high and i give a divine transfusion a faith and confidence in the one presence and power to all those who hear me i look upon money as god's idea and it is constantly circulating in my life and that of all the people who surround me we use it wisely judiciously and constructively under god's guidance and god's wisdom The young clergyman made a habit of repeating this prayer, knowing that it will activate the powers of his subconscious mind. Today, he has a beautiful, beautiful church, which he wanted the people build it for him. He has a radio program and all the money he needs for his personal, worldly, and cultural needs. I can assure you, he no longer criticizes money. If you do, it will fly away from you because you're condemning that which you are praying for. Follow this technique that I'm going to outline for you and you will never want for wealth all the days of your life for it is the master key to wealth. The first step is to reason it out in your mind that God or the life principle or the living spirit is the source of the universe, the galaxies in space and everything you see whether you look at the stars in the sky, the mountains, the lakes, the deposits in the earth and the sea, all animals and plants, the life principle gave birth to you and all the powers qualities and attributes of God are within you come to a simple conclusion that everything you see and are aware of came out of the invisible mind of the infinite or the life principle and that everything that has ever been invented created or made came out of the invisible human mind and the human mind and the mind of God are one for there is only one mind that mind is common to all people Everyone is an inlet and outlet to all that is. Come now to a clear-cut decision that God is the source of your supply of energy, vitality, health, creative ideas, the source of the sun, the air you breathe, the apple you eat, and the money in your pocket. For everything is made inside and out of the invisible. It is as easy for God to become wealth in your life as it is to become a blade of grass or a crystal of snow. So the first step is basically him saying, believe that God is. That's the first step. So you have to decide for yourself whether you're Christian um, or not Christian, atheist, uh, Muslim, whatever you believe. You have to decide for yourself that God is. That's, That's his first step. The second step, decide now to engrave in your subconscious mind the idea of wealth. Ideas are conveyed to the subconscious by repetition, faith, and expectancy. I'm going to underline that just a moment. 
Ideas are conveyed to the subconscious by repetition, faith, and expectancy. By repeating a thought pattern or an act over and over again, it becomes automatic. And your subconscious being compulsive, you will be compelled to express wealth. The pattern is the same as learning to walk, swim, play the piano, type, or drive a car. And literally, I tell my niece this all the time, practice makes perfect. And that's the same as if you are, you know, trying to change your mind by using um, affirmations. Repetition is key. You must believe in what you are affirming. It is not mumbo jumbo. It is not idle affirmation. You must believe in what you are affirming. Like you believe that when you put seeds in the ground, they grow after their kind and the seeds are thoughts and are deposited into your subconscious mind. There are people literally online that saying that you can manifest what you want even if you don't believe. That is incorrect. Because even the Bible tells us that you must believe. It, it, you must. There's no way. So people who are sitting here affirming, using affirming statements that they don't believe, what, what do you think is happening? You, it's a contradiction. You're, you're literally warring with yourself. Because your mind doesn't believe what you're saying. So you're literally just saying things for no reason. Realize that what you are affirming is like the apple seed you deposit in the ground. They grow after their kind. You can imagine the seed going from your, sub- from your conscious to your subconscious mind and being reproduced on the screen of space. By watering and fertilizing this seed, you accelerate their growth. Know what you are doing and why you are doing it. You are writing it with your conscious pen and your subconscious mind because you know wealth is. Walk down the street, you see it. Can you count the flowers along the road as you drive? Can you count the sands on the seashore? Can you count the stars in the sky? Can you count the wealth that you are walking on? Yes, underneath you may be oil, gold, silver, uranium. Did you ever think of the riches of the sea, oil, excuse me, soil or air? The third step is to repeat the following affirmation for about five minutes, night and morning. I am now writing in my subconscious mind the idea of God's wealth. God is the source of my supply, and I know God is the life principle within me, and I know I am alive. All my needs are met at every moment of time and point of space. God's wealth flows freely, joyously, and ceaselessly into my experience, and I give thanks for God's riches forever circulating in my experience. That is deep. Step four, when thoughts of lack come to you, such as I can't afford that trip, or I can't meet that note in the bank, or I can't pay that bill, never, never finish a negative statement about finances. This is mandatory. Reverse it immediately in your mind by affirming, God is my instant and everlasting supply, and the bill is paid in divine order. If a negative thought comes to you 50 times in one hour, reverse it each time by affirming and thinking, God is my instant supply, meeting that need right now. After a while, the thought of financial lack will lose all, will lose all momentum and you will find your subconscious is being conditioned to wealth. If you look at a new car, for example, never say, I can't buy that or I can't afford it. Your subconscious takes you literally 
and blocks all your good. On the contrary, say to yourself, that car is for sale. It is a divine idea and I accept it in divine order through divine love. This is the master key to wealth. It's impossible for any sincere person to practice this technique and not have all the wealth he or she needs all the days of your life. Using this technique, you are setting the law of opulence in operation. It will work for you as well as for anybody else. The law of mind is no respecter of persons. Your thoughts make you wealthy or poor. Choose the riches of life right here and right now. A sales manager sent me one of his staff for counseling. This sales representative was a brilliant college graduate. He knew his products very well. He was in, in a lucrative territory, but was only making $10,000 annually in commissions. The sales manager felt that he should double or triple it. And talking with the young man, I found he was down on himself. He had developed a subconscious pattern or self-image of $10,000 a year. In other words, that's all I am worth. He said that he had been born in a poverty-stricken home and that his parents had told him he was destined to be poor. His stepfather had always told him, you will never amount to anything. You are dumb. You are stupid. These thoughts were accepted by his impressionable mind and he was experiencing his subconscious belief in lack and limitation. And I have told you guys this on many, many other um, episodes that a lot of times our most dominant thoughts are not even our own words. They come from our parents or someone who was in authority over us as children that gave us these negative thoughts that have been on repeat in our mind most of our lives. And these thoughts keep us bound, keep us right where we are in poverty, going around the hamster wheel, thinking that we must work this nine to five for whatever reason. Now, there are people who love working in, in corporate environments. A lot of people are like that. I am adaptable, so I can't say that I love it or that I hate it. I'm adaptable. But I would rather right now, since I have a choice on what I want to do for the rest of my life, I want to be able to travel the world and I want to be able to record my podcast both, you know, for listening and for visual, you know, on YouTube where people can see the sights of the world. And while I'm in whatever country, I want to lend myself to people who need who may need my help, you know, people who need things that I can provide. That is what I want to do. For instance, I want to wake up in South Africa. I want to go and visit African village, bringing them things that they need. These are things that I want to do. You know what I mean? And I think that for me, working in a corporate environment would never bring me to this goal. So I want to do this that will bring me the money necessary for me to to meet this goal. And not only that, I invest in crypto and especially this whole metaverse. My goal is to invest in all of the metaverse companies because they will blow once this metaverse blows. And I want to be able to live on these things so that I can give what has been given to me. That is my goal. So anyway... I just wanted to stop and say that because I've said it a lot of times. Our most dominant thoughts often are from people 
people's own thoughts and people's own beliefs that not, are not necessarily ours, but became ours because we repeated them over and over and over throughout our lives. So this guy was told he would never amount to anything. He's dumb and he's stupid. Well, this is why he's stuck. Because he has listened to someone in charge of him tell him these things. And that is why, you know, with my niece, I tell her all the time, you are smart. You are highly intelligent. You are beautiful. You can do whatever it is that you want in life. You have the capacity to be everything and anything. And these are things that I have been telling her from infancy so that when she grows up and as she grows she can broaden her horizons and she what can I be when I grow up auntie whatever it is that you want to be Zoe I don't limit her whatever you want to be you can be you can be all that you can be you can do all that you want to do you can be do and have everything in life these are things that I tell her because these things were not told to me. And I did not realize until I was an adult that I could not, not even just an adult, I was over 30 when I realized that I could be, do, and have anything that I wanted in life. So at 14, she knows that right now. Why? Because I started telling her that when she was two, maybe one. Yeah, I started there. So... So these thoughts were accepted by his impressionable mind and he was experiencing his experiencing his subconscious belief and lack and limitation. I explained to him that he could change his subconscious mind by feeding it with life-giving patterns. Accordingly, I gave him a simple and spiritual formula to follow which would transform his life. I explained to him that he should under no circumstances deny what he affirmed because his subconscious mind accepted what he really believed. Your subconscious mind accepts your convictions, what you really believe. So believe in God's wealth and God's riches, which are all around you, by the way. He affirmed every morning before going to work, I am born to succeed. I am born to win. The infinite within me can't fail. Divine law and order govern my life. Divine peace fills my soul. Divine love saturates my mind. Infinite intelligence guides me in all ways. God's riches flow to me freely, joyously, endlessly, and ceaselessly. I am advancing, moving forward, and growing mentally, spiritually, financially, and in all other ways. I know these truths are sinking into my subconscious mind, and I know and believe they will grow after their own kind that's deep a few years later when i met this young man again i discovered that he had been transformed he had absorbed these ideas which he had discussed which we had discussed he said i am appreciating life now and wonderful things have happened i have an income of seventy five thousand dollars this year five times greater than the previous year that's deep he has learned the simple truth that whatever he inscribes on his subconscious mind becomes effective and functional in his life. That power is within you. I recently met a man who used to work at a bank. He was earning $40,000 a year, which was quite satisfactory, but he wanted to make more money for his wife and children. 
He made a practice of affirming, God is my instant supply. I am divinely guided in all ways. Infinite spirit opens up a new door. He told me that an opportunity came to him some months ago and that he now is working in sales on a commission basis. He had enough faith in himself to leave the secure bank job and move on. He is now earning $200,000 a year, all expenses paid. Wow. So, yeah, that, this, this is an aha moment when I tell you guys that. So, I told you guys, if you are in my group, that I'm in the middle of a um, of two choices, I, I'll just say that. And one of them is safe. The other is no parachute. So, the one with no parachute is where my dreams sit. And I say no parachute because I can't see if anything will happen to make me fail. And if I fail, where will I land? That is my biggest stopping point from getting me to jump. Who's going to catch me? And will I just fly? That's, that's where I'm at right now. So this right here is an aha moment because he said, he told me that the opportunity came to him months ago and that he is now working in sales on a commission basis. He had enough faith in himself to leave the secure bank job and move on. So I am thinking that I need to have faith in God, more faith in God, when really I need to have more faith in myself. So that this is kind of an aha moment for me because it really is hindering. I literally, I was at this crossroad last year at the same time, but I got a reprieve because I don't think I was ready to make the leap, but I am more ready this year than I, than I was last year. And the only thing that's stopping me is the fact that I can't see that whole staircase. But even Martin Luther King says that you need to take that first step instead of worrying about the staircase. So... <clears throat> I don't let's 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 see what happens. Let's just see what happens. He was able to do great things and he and his family are enjoying a wonderful life. Wealth was an idea in his mind and everything you look at is an idea. A radio is an idea. Television is an idea. An automobile is an idea. And I would because this was written about 60 years ago, I'll say this cell phone that I'm holding right now is an idea. The iPad that I'm recording on was an idea and the Kindle that I'm reading from was an idea. I have three different electronics right in front of my face. All three an idea within the past 15 years. So anything that you might desire is an idea that you can bring to fruition in your life. Supposing you destroyed all the automobiles in the world. Well, an engineer could run them off, couldn't he? And we'd have millions of them in no time. Use the following meditation for assurance in achieving financial wealth. I know that my faith in God determines my future. My faith in God means my faith in all things good. I unite myself now with true ideas, and I know the future will be the image and likeness of my habitual thinking. As I think in my heart or subconscious, or subconscious so will I be. From this moment forward, my thoughts are on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely and of good report. Day and night I meditate on these things and I know these seeds 
which are thoughts and which I habitually dwell upon, will become a rich harvest for me. I am the captain of my soul. I am the master of my fate. For my thought and my feeling is my destiny. Hmm. You see, my prayers and affirmations are not for the purpose of changing God or the living spirit or the life principle or influencing the divine. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't change God, but you align yourself mentally with that which was always true. You don't create harmony. Harmony is. You don't create love. God is love. The love of God is within you. You don't create peace. God is peace and God indwells you. But you must claim that the peace of God floods your mind. You must claim that the harmony of God is in your home. Harmony is in your pocketbook, your business, and all phases of your life. All of good is available to each of us. Our prayers and affirmations are for the purpose of bringing our mind to the point where we can accept the gifts that were given to us from the foundation of time. For God is the giver and the gift of mercy. The oil was in the ground before you were born, before any human walked the earth. So were gold, silver, uranium, lead, copper, and all the metals that we use today. They are all there. A person's use of God's guiding principle determines whether he or she will achieve prosperity. Did it take a little intelligence in the human mind to find these things? Yes. So if you send two people to Utah and one is a geologist or perhaps a mineralogist and that person finds nothing, the other goes and in the first five minutes finds a vein of uranium or silver in the same territory in the same land, where was the wealth? The wealth was in the mind of the second person who believed in the guiding principle. The other person found nothing even though it was right there. This guiding principle will always will also lead you to the precious things you seek. That's what led men to find gold, silver, oil, lead, and all these things. We don't need to work on conditions. We need only to work on ourselves. The only place we can cure our lack and limitation is in our mind. When you have done it, there we shall find that the world, your body, your environment, and conditions will be a mathematical reflection of your inner state of mind. Whatsoever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. That is the basis of all successful prayer, whether for the healing of our bodies or prosperity, success, achievement, or for material benefits. Once you convince your deeper mind that you have the thing you want, it will proceed immediately to bring it to pass. You might say to me, how can I convince my deeper mind, my subconscious, that I have riches or any other good thing when my common sense tells me that bills are piling up? Creditors are after me. The bank is calling up to pay for the mortgage and I for the, mo- and I for the money I owe and so on. You can't. If you keep thinking about debts and obligations and how much money you owe, you will only magnify your, di- your misery. But here is the truth about the laws of your mind. Your deeper mind accepts as a fact whatever you repeat to it in convincing tones. Often enough, just the same as you learn to walk. You had a thought pattern and act, whether it is swimming, walking, playing, tennis, or golf, and you repeat it over and over again. You know what you are doing and why you are doing it. 
you wanted to learn to walk, you wanted to learn to dance, you wanted to learn to swim. So finally, your subconscious assimilated the pattern, didn't it? And then you swam automatically and you walked automatically. The same procedure works in praying for wealth and anything else. Once your subconscious accepts the statement as fact, it proceeds to do everything possible to bring riches to you. Now, that's the whole purpose of affirmation, so that you convince yourself of the truth of that which you affirm. Did you guys hear that? The purpose of an affirmation is to convince yourself of the truth of that which you affirm. And this is why I keep telling you, don't neglect saying your affirmations. Then your deeper mind will bring these things to pass. So I'm going to stop here because in this chapter, there are about 15 more pages and we're already at 43 minutes. So I'm going to stop here. Thank you guys so much um, for listening today. This book has already done wonders for me. So, And I hope that you are getting something out of it too. Um, I don't know. We might be on Dr. Murphy's books the rest of the year. I don't know because I love him. <laughs> don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life, guys. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of, of gratitude. And if I haven't said it, thank you guys for listening today. I really appreciate you guys. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.